Hey everyone, Josh here. Quick question for you. Do you like coffee? Even more important question, do you like fresh coffee? Coffee that's roasted to order and doesn't taste like the bottom of your kitchen oven. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need to head over to McQuanoCoffee.com and get yourself some of the best coffee there is to get. Whether you like the light roast or the dark roast or you're feeling a little whimsical and you want to get that sample pack, McQuano Coffee Roasters has everything you need. And just when you thought this couldn't get any sweeter, make sure to use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. Do yourself a favor and stop drinking bad coffee because you know what? Life's too short for that. Head on over to McQuanoCoffee.com and use the promo code REFORMATORY to get 20% off all bagged coffee. You will not regret it. Thanks, and now on to the show. What do you got for me? What's wrong with you people? I got nothing for you. What, what, what's wrong with you? What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the Reformatory, podcast for the local church and by the local church. And we are your local churchmen. My name is Josh, and I'm here, as always, with my co-host in crime, uh, fresh off a Cleveland Browns loss, Jack Barry. Jack, <laughs> how, how, how are you emotionally right uh, now, my man? Yeah. Did this uh, one, did this one hurt? Ron... Sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Yeah, to quote to quote Ron Burgundy, I'm in a I'm in a glass case of emotion right now. You know, like that yeah, whole game. I, let's be honest, that whole game was a was a, a glass case of emotion because yeah, I was somehow okay. Let's let's break this down a little bit of of the proceedings that happened on Sunday. Okay, I All had right. I had gone to a tailgate. I had eaten some really good actually barbecue. Uh, pork there okay All right. and then kind of filled up so i didn't go to the i didn't go into the state and buy anything really oh, i man. just like filled up at the tailgate and then was like satisfied and mm-hmm. then just kind of like screamed my guts out for the browns the entire game <laughs> but we were at like the first the first place that i sat at i sat at two places so the first place that I sat at was in the upper deck. I thought I was going to get shanked up there. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. Um, it was not friendly. No, it was no. it was not friendly to a Browns fan. Uh, it was not like friendly it. to the dog pound up there. No, no, no. Uh, right. I was going to die up there. If yeah. I would have stayed up there the entire game, I was probably going to die. But uh, after the first quarter where okay. we had significantly got just absolutely dominated that first quarter yeah and the seahawks had ran up 17 points on us i'm just like well i guess i'll just go die somewhere uh and so (laughs) i so my brother-in-law is like hey like i'm sitting in a 200 level area that you can see the field like way clear yeah and it's like closer to the field and we have like four four different seats over here with this group that we tailgated with. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, 
I and he's like, and there's a Browns fan that you can sit next to. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so I go down there, and this Browns fan and I, yeah. and his girlfriend is a Seahawks fan, and I'm just oh, like, I don't man. know what I feel. It's, it's this feels even more dirtier right yeah. now. Um, yeah, this is horrible. So at, then, then proceeds a a a starting to come back of Cleveland mm-hmm. from that 17 point deficit into, I think it was like 14 to 17 at half. So they had scored two touchdowns and then they started to kind of move their way up a little bit more until somehow Seattle's offense turned on. Like they yeah. lit like Seattle's offense was literally like the first quarter and then the last two minutes of the game, Seattle's yeah. offense did. Well, and they and remembered like, it would be it would be Cleveland that they has to deal they, with yeah, these, that's these shenanigans right now. They remembered they were playing the Browns, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are we again? What are we better? What time frame yeah. is this? <laughs> I just. Well, I mean, we let's be honest. Yeah. We were working with a third. I mean, to to be at that to be in the hardest. I think to to play in the hardest stadium in the West Coast. Yeah. Literally, it is the it it, it is deafening oh, in there. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um to play in the hardest stadium in the West Coast, to have a third string quarterback mm-hmm. and to somehow come back up from like that 17 point deficit to somehow just only lose by 4. I would say we're going some places with this team. Yeah. I mean, everybody, all the Browns fans, are. it's just internal struggle all the time. But, I mean, honestly, like, you're going somewhere, especially with the fight that you have and the defense that you have with our team yeah. right now. But, yeah. I'm just glad so you I made just it out of my tears and, uh, yeah. yep, pizza, nice, nice uh, couple slices of pizza, drowned my worries in that. And there you go. That does the trick. So, that does the trick. You know what else does the trick, Jack? Yes. A nice cigar. A nice cigar. Yes, so, true, dude, sir. we're 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 this out we're true. we're out of the uh we're out of the Oscars cuz October is done. Mm-hmm. Reformation month yes. has come to an end, all right? We hope that you all had an amazing Reformation month and that your Reformation parties uh were uh absolutely fantastic. Unless your name is James White, then you're not invited. You're not in that wet blanket. That that old curmudgeon. That curmudgeony curmudgeon. Did you see what he put up on Twitter? That that uh, that, that that grumpy Gus. He put up on Twitter. He's like, just so you know, not much happened on October thirty first, fifteen seventeen. It really wasn't a big deal. And the fact that people give it the credence they do, it really just kind of shows that they don't know really much about history. I'm just like, you yeah, I retweeted it. I was like, you aren't invited to the party. You wet yeah. blanket. He's <laughs> such a grumpy old man. <laughs> he's so, he's yeah. so grumpy, dude. dude. He's so grumpy. What a turd. Anyway, <laughs> and, anyway, unless I hope you all had amazing parties, unless your name's James White. <laughs> No, I hope he had a good party too, but knowing him, he didn't do anything. So we're gonna move past that. But yeah. Jack, we are we are into November, my friend, and um, we were kind of scraping. We've been scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit to try to keep this like, you know, the lines of cigars lining up with the first letters of the month, right? Right. It's it, it was yeah. It was easy. It, it's been an easy couple months. November is a little harder. <laughs> um. 
November so, was a little hard, and and that's yeah. what Josh and I did in the in the in the background. I said, okay, we could go with a a, a tried and true tested line of cigars, yeah, or we could go with this uh, this. You know, boutique brand that I've had about a couple of theirs as well, too. Right. And the boutique, and normally Jack and I are all about the boutique brands. Let's be clear. You all know this, right? But it would have been harder to get. Jack's only tried like two of them. I haven't tried any of them. So we opted for the mainstream this month. That's right. All right. We're going mainstream. All right. Uh, but I feel like I feel like we've we we've established our street cred, so we can go mainstream, right? Without being without being uh, you know accused as as, as posers, okay? <laughs> but Jack, November is for New World. That's right. Oh yeah, New World cigars. Yeah. So Jack, without further ado, my friend, why don't you give us the first reformatory cigar review of November? What do you got for us today? All right, friends, we are reviewing the line of cigars called New World by A.J. Fernandez. A.J. Fernandez is probably one of, if not the best blenders in the cigar industry right now. Um, Literally all of his cigars that he collaborates on are for short of lack or lack of uh, words, bangers, if you will, uh, as the kids call them. Uh, he's so like he's like the Taylor this, uh, Swift of of of, of tobacco <laughs> blenders. Like everyone wants to do a collab with him, right? Like everyone, and then once they do, they, if they that's how you know they've kind of made it, right? So yeah, yeah. And without, I mean, we gotta we gotta first acknowledge mm. a tried and true tested cigar of his uh, that literally has. I mean, rated 92 by Cigar Aficionado, rated 92 by Cigar Snob, uh, top 25 cigars of 2014, uh, rated 94 by Cigar Journal. Like, just like the accolades like pour over yep. on this particular cigar, and it is the New World Oscuro, or the New World Maduro, if you will. Um, yep. And it comes, uh, it comes basically loaded with kind of the typical uh, AJ kind of um, repertoire in that the wrapper, it's basically a puro Nicaraguan, all right? So the wrapper is going to be Nicaraguan, dark Nicaraguan, uh, Maduro wrapper. The binder is Jalapa. That tobacco is a particular region in Nicaragua. So he even goes like deeper into this hole to establish himself as far as the street keg grows because he talks about the tobaccos from Nicaragua that he's putting in his cigars. So when yeah. I say certain names, it's from Nicaragua, but it's from certain like plots and regions in Nicaragua. So the binder is Nicaraguan and especially from the region of Jalapa. The fillers are Otempe, Contiga, and Esteli. Esteli, you may know uh, a lot of people, especially if you're in the, if you've been smoking cigars, if you see Esteli, it's a region in Nicaragua as well. Those other fillers are all Nicaraguan as well too. Um, specifically, I, so the Vitolas can range anywhere from Robusto to Bellicoso, which is like a torpedo, all the way up to Toro, and even like a, a double Corona, which is kind of verging on. Churchill, but Josh and I have really appreciated the cigar best in the box pressed sizing of this oh, yeah. cigar. It just it's gives, the best it just way pops. to enjoy this cigar. 
Yeah, it just it really and, is. and most of these, honestly, most of these cigars too, we would recommend box pressed, um, mm-hmm. just because it, there's something about box press that just gives it a little pop, yep, uh, as far as true. flavors go, as far as anything. So, man, I think that uh, so with all that taken in mind, I think that this especially this is going to be like. Um, you can have this cigar with coffee. It's going to be more earthy. It's going to be more ground, kind of coffee earthiness to it. There's going to be some some spiciness a little bit. It's not going to be a spice bomb, but there's some spiciness to this as well, too. And then, um, you know, I would just say that uh, this is kind of like the, if you want kind of the tried and true cigar, this is going to be it. As far yeah. as the MSRP goes, uh, I think you could basically... I've seen uh, New Worlds go from lately anywhere to the eight to probably eleven dollar range, depending mm-hmm. on which size or vitola you have. So somewhere around there, um, still a great price as well too, especially for all that accolade that you get. Uh, I think the the tobacco, the price per the flavor is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, this is just a tried and true cigar that we've had over and over again. And really yeah. like and appreciate. So, Love it. Yeah, it's it's a great stick, especially in that box press. The New World Maduro. Make sure to go get yourself some for November. Smoke along with us. Uh, it's what we're going to be smoking this month. So that is the Reformatory Cigar of the Week. And my friends, you know what to do. Go and smoke to the glory of God. All right, Jack. So uh, today, man, we are gonna talk about um, <laughs> how, how do we how do we enter this? Uh, I th- we're we're gonna talk Getting about risky business. Risky business, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, we're gonna talk about the dangers of, especially in the local church, locking arms or platforming individuals that shouldn't mm-hmm. be platformed simply because you may agree with them. Or a certain idea, you know, have some sort of certain ideological agreeance on different things. So, case in point, yeah. right? Um, y'all know a lot of that, you know, that that we've we've spoken about a lot. You know, the you know Acts twenty nine and Mark Driscoll and things like that, and the dangers of that, and how Mark Driscoll has disqualified himself from ministry. This is a public. This is a public thing, right? This is public knowledge. There are still those that seek to platform men like Mark Driscoll because of things that he will say about culture, uh, about about masculinity, about politics uh, that they agree with. And there seems to be, Jack, this... Um, there seems to be this, this kind of... This, man, how do I want to say this? This, like, being being okay with overlooking some pretty major red flags because you want the influence that this individual brings to your cause or to your movement, right? Um, now... It's 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 good to state uh, right off the bat. Obviously, nobody's perfect, right? Nobody is nobody is gonna a hundred percent be flawless in their character. None of us are, right? 
But there are qualifications in Scripture for a reason when it comes to especially someone who is called to be leading a church, right? And those qualifications are either met or they aren't. There isn't a weird middle ground or a gray area that some yeah. people seem to try to create in their heads in order to, you know, make this, you know, locking of arms work. Um, and look, Mark Driscoll isn't the only one. There are so many people, you know, uh, obviously on social media, just because social media is a cesspool, right? But there are so many people that have majorly, majorly disqualified themselves or have, you know, had so many moral scruples in their life that they're no longer, you know, people you can look at and, you know, 100% like, you know, recommend. And Jack, it never ceases to amaze me how many Christians are still okay with platforming these individuals simply because they will agree with certain things that they say on certain topics, right? Yeah. So this this all kind of why this kind of stemmed uh and Josh and I talking about this too is that, you know, old Drisky business has reawakened himself and trying to put himself out there in the mainstream again and you know. And it's just like, okay, you know, you can write your books and you can talk about your whole you know, shtick on masculinity. And on top of that too, recently a lot of people have gravitated towards him because I don't know why, but it seems like somehow he wants to uh, throw his hat into the ring and saying like, well, I got to own the, uh, the cessationist now because there is a movie um, right. that was made on what cessationism is and uh, there was some popular YouTubers that were like, oh yeah, we agree with this 100%. It's like, do you not know that this guy, like, <laughs> um, I'm trying to equate the situation because basically you're using, you're using a guy who's disqualified. He's disqualified because he was under church discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that he, church and discipline led to, yeah, and he ran from it. So that was his sin. The church discipline part, I would say, because I, I had some, uh, some, some interactions on on the Twitters as well too and you know I made a list right I made a list of why you would say it's it's wrong to platform somebody like Mark Driscoll I would say the church discipline part is not the problem the problem is he ran from that church discipline so yeah. we believe that church discipline is right and good when needed yeah. especially enacted in the local church right yeah. um, when you run from it um, n not a good look, bro. Um, right. <laughs> you know when you're when you're found when you're found kind of defeats the purpose of yeah. church discipline. You kind of yeah. have to be there um, for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's it's kind of uh, <laughs> it's kind of a it f that's a knock, right? You run from church discipline, meaning that you think that you're above sin now. You think that you're above the way in which God has instituted his church to run, you're above that now, right? You're above, you know, any kind of um, accountability, any kind of way in which you're held to the standard that any other pastor would be, to be quite honest, in any other denomination. Um, but no, you're above that because, 
you know, of the numbers game. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, and I think I think it's important to, you know, explain too that like the conversation can be had as to whether or not, you know, that church discipline that he was that he was supposed to submit to should or should not have resulted in his restoration to public ministry. Now, church discipline needed to happen, right? But he yeah. he disqualified himself as a leader long before that process occurred. Now, their their begin to yeah, a hundred percent. Like 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 their their goal was to restore him back to his position. Now, the conversation can be had as to whether or not that was the wise move. I probably wouldn't have personally. Uh, church discipline needed to happen. Restoration needed to happen. I don't think it I don't think it should have resulted in him being back to public ministry. But he didn't even want to go through the process, you know, at all because obviously the yeah. the hit it would take on his pride and and and, and all that things, right? Um and yeah, yeah, he ran from it and and is now, you know, has planted another church down in Scottsdale. Uh, I forget what it's, yeah, Trinity or something like that, right? And has yeah. like flipped the script yet again on his theology and 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 the things that he's uh, that he's passionate about uh, because it's what gets him the attention, right? And that's just who this guy is, right? His he is very yeah. he's very theologically pliable, right? Um, and he goes to and fro with the waves that will keep him at the top right um and that's just that's just who he has been for a long time but because he says things jack that <laughs> yeah. conservative christians agree with right things about masculinity things about politics things about culture and to be clear right he'll say some things that I'll agree with I'll be like, yeah, like that. I agree with that statement. I do think that is a problem in the culture, right? But just because I agree philosophically with a statement that Mark Driscoll makes, that does not equate to me embracing him as a teacher or as, you know, you know, as someone who should be in that role. That does not equate to me platforming him. That does not equate to me recommending him that doesn't equate to me doing anything it's simply something i can be like yeah okay I, I agree with that but then i don't then attempt to use you know the position that he has the followers that he has the obvious you know influence that he has to then you know further my cause because we happen to agree on this one thing but jack there's so many people that are doing that and in doing so yeah. they overlook the fact that the man is disqualified Right now, again, uh, I'll I'll say this and I'll throw it back over to you, Jack. We're just using we're using Mark Driscoll as an example because it's easy, <laughs> because it's something yeah. Jack and I are familiar with. It's something that's happening right now, right? But this happens all the time with so many other different people, right? You'll have people that are just just awful, but because you know because they they say things to you know whatever it is, you know whatever it is about culture or masculinity or, you know, you know, woke stuff, right. Then, Oh, I mean, they're our guy. We're going to lock arms with them. And it's dangerous, Jack. It's dangerous to lock arms with people that are one, uh, obviously disqualified, but two, you don't agree with at the baseline level of the gospel, 
like orthodox theology, orthodox Christianity. And we have Christians yeah. just kind of throwing that off to the side and choosing to lock arms with these individuals anyway. Yeah, I think that the problem too, it's it I I think there's a more regional example, especially too in the Pacific Northwest. There was a pastor at a certain church. Uh, he was also a seminary professor too when I was going to a particular seminary down in Portland. Um, he had disqualified himself because he had committed adultery um, with people <laughs> uh, who are not his wife. Obviously, that is what adultery is, folks. But yes. he had cheated on his wife uh, multiple times and definitely from his own mouth uh, was guilty of that. And was like, okay, like that, like you're disqualified from ministry because obviously you cannot handle the fact and be self-controlled and all these other different things. And yet there are still churches and I, he's trying to weasel his way back into um, being on a, a teaching platform again um unsurprisingly with mark driscoll <laughs> so man it's just like i really think a lot of it has to do with um people who are getting platformed really uh have a problem with and people who are thinking about platforming men like mark or any other person who has been disqualified from their position like that's a huge thing like, we're not talking about just some random person who, you know, has an opinion on something and is invited to a show and they're yeah. a church member. Like, we're not talking about that. We're talking about people who have been disqualified from ministry. Like, that is like a huge difference between ha talking to somebody on a show about something and talking to somebody who is literally like not in step with biblical teaching. And not only that, like hasn't hasn't had been reconciled, hasn't done any of this stuff. Right. So to basically say that their opinion is is more and is above other people's opinions doesn't hold weight for me, because yeah. in my like I'm like the Rock, like it doesn't matter what you say, Mark Driscoll. <laughs> it doesn't matter oh what goodness. you say. It doesn't people, matter because you're you just. Say. Because you're disqualified at this point. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. want to hear what you say, to be quite honest. Like, you forfeited that sure. because sure. you have the sin of pride and you do not want to take care of this. And thus, like, I don't really care about your opinion, to be quite honest. Well, well, and it's so. it, it's not just it's not just things he struggles with. Right. Because we all struggle with it. It's it's refusing to submit to people that yeah. called him out on it, right? And yeah. that's that's the problem, right? So so and it's it's this it's this issue Jack that I'm seeing in the church today is because we have such a desire and I think such a I would I would go so far to say a borderline unhealthy obsession with the culture. Right? And what I mean by that is yeah. an unhealthy focus on how bad it is and how we should be yeah. coming against it as Christians. Now, don't get me wrong, right? We are not called to be of this world. We're in it, but not of it, right? 
Christianity yeah. is different, and we are called to live different. We're called to look different. Right? We need to look like our Savior because we're his ambassadors to a very dark world that is becoming, and I agree with this, increasingly darker and darker as our culture moves farther away from yeah. the word of God. Okay. Yeah. However, simply because that is a fact and that is uh, the reality that we live in, I do not see that as worth giving giving permission for Christians to lock arms and platform and 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 to continue to platform individuals that frankly aren't aren't doing us any good and don't yeah. have the wisdom the discernment or the maturity to hold that platform and we know men like Mark Dursk- like Mark Driscoll don't right and I think it's a result of so many Christians having a incorrect focus on the culture and too much focus on the culture when they should be focusing internally into their local churches. Because if we truly want to see change in our communities, change in our churches, it's going it, it's going to start from within. It's going to start in the membership. It's going to yeah. start in the leadership. It's going to start in the local assemblies. That's where it's going to start, right? Yeah. And it might not look the way that you think it's going to look. It might not look like this, you know, cascading red wave that comes through America and, you know, changes and brings us back to being a Christian nation and all this. It might not look like that. That might not be God's plan. And you have to ask yourself, are you okay with that? Are you okay yeah. with America the country that you live in becoming increasingly more and more dark if that's God's will. Because if that's God's will, it's going to happen, whether you're okay with it or not. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't vote our conscience and vote according to Scripture and seek to do good in the lands in and in the cities that we live and be an influence for the gospel and for Christ in our community. That's not what that means. Of course we do all those things. That's what we're called to do as Christians, Right. But there's a difference between doing that and living out the gospel, right? Versus having this obsession with with owning the libs or owning the culture, fighting against <laughs> yeah. the culture that results in you basically being like locking arms and trying to and, and and trying to to get as many people into that movement as possible because if we can just grow our army, then we will overcome. And you look at the people that you're making captains and you're making generals and you're making sergeants. They're disqualified people. You might agree with Mark Driscoll's view on masculinity, that men should be men and women should be women and there should be a difference. Like, yes, I agree with that, of course. But that doesn't mean I'm going to have him come to my church and speak at a conference. That doesn't mean that I'm going to recommend him as a resource to the young men in my church because of how much baggage that comes with this man and how much he has proven time and time again to wiffle waffle in his theology right to 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 not care about you know biblical process and to not truly care about shepherding people so th- this is the problem jack is we have so many of these types of individuals that are out there right now that are in the political the, the 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 political and social sphere that I'm seeing Christians like falling all over themselves to try to 
you know, utilize these people's resources because, I mean, look at what they're saying about this. Look at what they're saying about this. And it's like, well, yeah, but look at their character. Look at the way that they speak to people who they disagree with. Look at their social media. Look at look at the things that they're saying. Look at how they're saying it. You know, look at the other people that they associate with. Right? Like it's it's to me it's it's not worth it, right? The small amount that I might agree with these men on certain things or these women on certain things is not worth the trouble that they are going to bring to the table because of the of their character. Because yeah. character always comes through, right? You can fake the funk for a while. You can say the right things for a while, right? You can you can be in step for a while, but your character will always come through and will always be the thing that that dictates everything else. And you can hide bad character for a little bit. But eventually, your character is going to shine through and we're going to see you for who you really are, right? And there's a lot of Christians, and I have to be careful of this too, because these people will say things I agree with. (laughs) They will. And I have to be so careful to guard my heart and to guard my mind from just latching on to these individuals just because they say something I agree with, because their character's not there. And it takes a lot of discernment and a lot of wisdom and community around you. This is why we need the local church, right? Because without the local church, we will be Christians that are tossed to and fro by every wind and every doctrine. God has provided that local church as such an amazing structure for us to keep us in between the guardrails, right? And Jack, it's concerning to me when I see all these people on social media that are loud and that are brash and that gain followers because of it, the amount that Christians are willing to overlook in order to get them on the team because they agree with something they say is astounding to me. And it's really worrisome. And I don't think it's going to end the way these people think it's going to end. Yeah. There's just, I mean, uh, yeah, part of it too is the way in which like you're associated. Um, so at this point right now, um, what I think is highly ironic is that Mark Driscoll is basically a person away in association to being linked with Benny Hinn. I mean, that's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. Like this was a guy who, you know, 10, you know, 15 years ago, we would say is against the prosperity gospel and yet yeah. is literally horseshoed his way to like yeah. almost linking arms with Benny Hinn. It's yeah. like well, well, congratulations. Like you played at, yourself. So look at, look at um what's it, uh, uh uh Francis Chan. Like yeah. re- like remember when I mean Francis Chan was like the the young restless and reforms like golden boy. Like they we love yeah. Francis Chan, right? He was all over all of, you know Piper and all over like Gospel Coalition stuff like that. He's doing stuff with Benny Hinn right now. <laughs> He's like on tour with <laughs> yeah. Benny Hinn right now, possibly, possibly the world's foremost, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, what's the, what's the old time a con artist, right? yeah, Benny Hinn, if you will, charlatan, yes. dude, and and yeah. and Chan's with him, and it's just like, what in the world, man? You know, 
but but you know but, but hey we'll, be people we'll that lock arms that. with those people yeah. yeah we'll lock right. arms with those people to own these people over there so right. like i will right and and i think josh and i talked about this like literally the the phrasing the enemy of my enemy is my friend that doesn't work in the local church that doesn't even no. work in the church at all people no there's no dynamics for that because no. you are literally going to follow the orthodox teaching and and what has always been taught throughout the history of the church and understanding of that yeah. or you are going to go the way of all these other kooky people that are are now trying to do gosh demon slayer <laughs> like right, the absolute right. most like craziest stuff and it's just like guys we we're not denying and all of this is stemming over the cessationist versus the continuationist viewpoints but i think too it's not only that it's like even like hyper continuation continuationists are getting involved in this yeah and the arguments that people are making are ridiculous um and even conflating uh, cessationism to atheism, that is ridiculous. You cannot oh, sure. do that, folks. Yeah. Um, conflating a whole bunch of things uh, to saying that cessationism uh, will lead to X, Y, and Z. Like, yeah. that's how I know you can't, you can't logically study another person's position and try and dissect what they're actually saying and come to a good conclusion and a good debate. You really, what people do nowadays they don't do that anymore like forget that that's not happening anymore to understand a person's point of view and to try and peel back the layers of that in a rational and civil way that doesn't happen anymore yeah what happens today yeah. is this all right let's get the let's get the heavies on this mm-hmm. and let's go to town on these people because the only way they're going to learn is through a beating through yeah. a, a, a philosophical beating or we're just going to beat them with the fact that we have this guy over here that, you know, X, Y, you know, he did X, Y, and Z and did all this stuff. And we're going to get him in there and he's going to be the heavy and go to town on this tribe. It's like, man, we don't learn people. This is cyclic, yeah. like church history over and over again from the beginning of the Bible. Okay. <laughs> like yeah. this never ends. And I don't know what it takes for us to like, experience i guess a level of just like um utter like demotion in in our souls to understand like what we're doing is actually like very like that's not helping us sure <laughs> I, I don't know where we get to that point sure um I think it's gonna have to take like somebody like exile like coming in and like invading the United States of America and like basically <laughs> taking drastic, exiles huh? in order yeah, for us yeah. in order for us to understand Take, taking stuff, us maybe. to Babylon. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then even I don't know if that's wise as well too, because then dispensation like hyper dispensationalists might get on us as well too and they might <laughs> go to town. But, everyone yeah. Um, everyone's yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But it, it just comes down to the to the ways in which we're doing stuff. And mm-hmm. it just goes back to like we we are now living in a world that says, I mean, it, it doesn't take much for me to equate what's going on in my local neighborhood, which is 
you have certain levels of gang violence that happens, and then also there's violence that are initiated by gangs, right? It doesn't take me very much to basically equate that to what's going on in theological camps nowadays. Mm. Like, we don't really have tribes. We have gangs, right? <laughs> gangs and of the, New York. And, and you're going to get, and, and in order to get in this gang, like, we're going to initiate you, or you've already been initiated, and we're just going to, you know, basically put you under the gang now. Yeah. And now we're going to go out, and we're going to basically cause mischief, and do some harm to people. And let's be honest, Mark Driscoll has done a significant amount of spiritual abuse to people. Yeah. And the fact that he is not even reconciled, he has not initiated reconciliation, he's not asked for forgiveness, he's not done any of those things, folks. That mm-hmm. should be the top tier level of red flag yeah. that before you even look at his tweets or what he's saying on social media, like yeah. you should probably ask yourself: Does this guy even care about Christians? Well, well, that right alone, now, he... <laughs> yeah, yeah, like like that that alone should be enough to call the character into question, right? And and yeah. and, and and we don't do that, right? We need some discernment and some wisdom in, especially in these days, man, because there are going to be so many wolves in sheep's clothing that dress up like the sheep and tell the sheep what they want to hear, right? Right? The preachers that go and they tickle the ears, right? Obviously, I mean, for the longest time, we just associated ear tickling with like, oh, like the prosperity gospel or, oh, you know, you know, the whole self-esteem movement or things like that. You know, sometimes, you know, tick, your ears are tickled by anything that you want to hear, okay? And yeah. there are so many people out there that want to be the one to tell you what you want to hear right and for some people it is the prosperity gospel right that jesus was going to give you a lot of money and you'll never get sick for some people it's the american dream right that the gospel if we can get christianity back into schools then everything's going to be okay for some people it's the masculinity thing for there's there's always going to be things that are out there that you like to hear and there's always going to be people out there that want to tell you the things that you like to hear right and we can't just blindly lock arms with these people because they say things that we agree with right like jack i yep. am not and you know i i i i sense this so much more when you know after i got into ministry right and now that i you know, and back in ministry and I'm called to lead a church, I I have such a more acute, I think, understanding one one of myself, because like I look at these things, I'm like, okay, you know, I gotta make sure that I don't become this. Because it'd be so easy yeah. to become this without the grace of Christ. Right. But Jack, yeah. I am I am more and more aware of the fact that I I can't afford to overlook character. I can't do it. Just because someone might be saying something I agree with, if the character is not there, if it doesn't back up, right? If their life does not does not does not exemplify the truths of the gospel, I don't care how much I agree with them. I'm having nothing to do yeah. with it. I can't yeah. I can't do it. I can't afford to do it. 
there is so much almost truth out there. And mm-hmm. when the character <laughs> when the character isn't there, man, that is such a massive red flag. And I and I one uh, I I pray that God will increase the discernment of his people to know the difference between the one that's telling you what you need to hear, like your pastors, your small group leaders, your local church members, versus the one who's telling you what they know you want to hear. All the big wigs on social media, all the conference speak, like, like all these people, all right? They know what gets clicks. They know what gets follows. Yep. They know what keeps their name in the headlines because it's 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 loud and abrasive, right? Yeah, they yep. know what they makes know money. money. Where that they, where they, that they, cha-ching, right? They know where that cha-ching's coming from. They so. do, they do, and they're going to keep telling you. And it's it's just a prosperity gospel of a different kind, right? Yep. And we need discernment, man. We can't overlook character simply because they say things we agree with. So that's where I'm at, Jack. And like, I, I, I really pray, I pray for my brothers and sisters in my church. I pray for, you know, Christians just in general. And again, like I pray for myself that God would continue to keep that at the forefront of my mind and to not turn me, to help me not to turn into one of those guys that tells people what they want to hear because it's so easy. It's so yeah. easy, dude, to tout the, the, the you know, to, to get into the woke stuff or, you know, the, <laughs> the homosexual stuff, right? Or the, you know, the, you know, super, you know, conservative versus liberal. It's, it's, it's easy. It's really easy to do. Yeah. And I can fall into it so easy. And part of me, dude, thinks that because it's easy, that's probably not the route. It's, Yeah. Anyway, can't overlook character. That's just yep. where I'm at. Plain and simple. Plain character, and simple. I think that, yeah, plain and simple. I think that Big Eva has sung, Josh. Mm, um, yeah. And with Big Eva singing, Big Eva. Uh, that is our time to switch over to basically ask of you, listeners, if you appreciate uh, what Josh and I are bringing up uh, especially how it affects your local church because it does this will affect your local church somehow sure. um, people will be swayed by uh celebrity pastors and big wigs who think they have all the answers but it really it comes down to how you are interacting with people in your local church your pastors your deacons your fellow members in your local church and with that um you can interact with us on the sociables if you will yes that dumpster fire that we call the sociables. You can interact with us there. Ask us questions about this. Cause I know we might get, we, we definitely want to do like a mailbag um, episode here. Yeah. Hear your questions. Um, try and react to those as well too. So if you have questions for us, you can follow us on, or if you have direct messages, you need clarification on maybe mm-hmm. uh, about Josh and I, and what we bring up in these episodes, you can follow us on the Facebook, the metaverse, if you will, the Instagram goes well with chocolate and marshmallow or yes, that tried and true place called, uh, the former sociable known as Twitter X. Um, give it to you. (laughs) So weird to say that. (laughs) Uh, so you can follow us all on those sociable platforms. Like I said, uh, follow us, 
direct message us, talk to us about the episodes, or if you have an episode idea, all at the tag at Reformatory Pod. Josh, tell the lovely people how they might continue to help us in other endeavors here on the Reformatory. All right, lovely people, there are multiple ways. One, if you are on iTunes or Spotify, they let you rate the podcast now, and we would really appreciate you doing that. You can uh, scroll down. It's not Reformation Month anymore, but if you would, uh, whether you listen on iTunes uh, or Spotify, give us a little five stars for five solas. Maybe uh, write us a little a little paragraph, right? I know we got some new listeners um, that have uh, you know that are there. I see the numbers. And uh, we'd love you guys to tell us kind of how you found the podcast, what you like about the podcast. Write us a little review. We'd really appreciate that. Um, we have YouTube. So if you listen to this and you think to yourself, I want to see this also, which would be really weird, but some of you do, <laughs> you can head on over to YouTube slash Reformatory Pod, and we are on there. All these episodes are recorded in 4K. That's right. You see every 4K. pimple, every scratch, every gray hair. <laughs> Dude, you see it all. And you can head on over there, like, comment, subscribe, hit the little bell for notifications, as the kids say. We'd greatly appreciate it. Last but not least, we have a Patreon. Just like every other podcast. Every other podcast has one, but ours is the only one that will hallowed your name across the podverse, if you will. So for $5 a month, a $5 holla, you could join what we call the Podluck. All right? It is all access, and you get bonus episodes every week. You get exclusive access to Jack and I, right? You get uh, topic suggestions, all this stuff, all the all the all the best stuff. You get, you basically get Jack and I uncensored, is what you like. Jack and I have to maintain a certain level of quorum, or excuse me, decorum on here because it's the main app. We got to be careful, you know. We don't want to we don't want to appear, you know, too brash or too. But you get over to the podluck. That's when the gloves come off. That's when we tell you what we really think, right? <laughs> or we're just talking about our favorite, you know, Halloween candies or, you know, chips and things like that. It's it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Head on over to the podluck for $5 a month and uh, you too could become a Patreon supporter. And our pledge to you is that your name shall be Halloween. Hallowed, sir. Hallowed. Hallowed through the halls of the podcast. That is our pledge to you. We thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on the next step of the Reformatory. <laughs>